How do you motivate your remote professionals? Virtual assistants are truly unique in how they can transform your business because they're no different than your in-person staff. On this episode of the podcast, we're gonna learn how to motivate your team, both in-person and remote. Welcome back to Bootstrappers, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs scale their business with remote teams. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, alongside my spouse and business partner, Jeremy Aspen of Antiquim, where we've helped hundreds of companies with highly skilled virtual assistants. Virtual assistants will transform your company and it doesn't matter where in the world you're located. In fact, our guest today is Carla Brown of Real Property Management in Canada, where they found innovative ways to motivate their remote teams. Well, welcome to the show, Carla. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Okay, so um, me, uh, Carla Brown, I am the president of Real Property Management Canada. Uh, I reside in a place which is going to be foreign to a lot of people in the U.S. called Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, and I won't test you guys by... <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, and I'm writing it down here in my house. I work, <laughs> I work day in and day out with our franchisees leading the brand across Canada in the property management space. And I also have a property management company here myself, uh, Real Property Management Professionals. Sweet. And then how many how many branches do you all have in Canada right now? In Canada, we're just over 20 offices uh, currently going from coast to coast. Uh, so we are in most provinces. There are a couple provinces that we still haven't uh, got representation yet, but growing constantly. So we've taken what we've learned from our big brother uh, in the U.S., uh, a real property management that has been around for over 35 years and Im implementing a lot of the same systems and processes up here in Canada. Canada. Fantastic. Okay, so our our topic today is how to motivate remote employees. So you have remote employees, correct? We do, um, both in my property management company as well as on our on the franchise or our head office side as well. So did you find uh, so we have? Did, did you come ahead. into the remote space uh, because of COVID? Like, is that what kind of got you ready for it, or had you been in it before that? We got into it because of COVID. So right. I definitely was aware of it. I always say that uh, the US is light years ahead of Canada, especially in this space. And I knew of a lot of offices in the US that already had adopted uh, remote or global team members, uh, virtual assistants, call them what you will at that time. And I hadn't. Then COVID did hit and uh, a lot of my staff went home for a period of time. Then a lot of them came back and then uh, there was one staff member that really didn't want to come back uh -huh. into the office. And so she worked from her home remote, um, but here in the same city. So then uh, she was actually venturing off. She was a photographer, um, but that is what she was. And she was doing this for, working full time for us as well. And she was at a point where she wanted to launch a photography career. So she was leaving the company. And I was like, mm not sure I want my phones to come back into my office now. It's kind of quiet mm. around here. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we now look at uh, bringing in a remote team member for that role? So that's how it all started for me. And then when I was working with our our head office team, well, my whole team is remote, quite honestly, but they're across Canada. And then we also started to hire globally as well. So I have a three that work on our home office team as well that are global in nature, handling a few different tasks. So what are the jobs that you have your global teammates doing? 
Okay, so I already said reception is one that's mm -hmm. definitely was a I think an easy step for us to do um, to to handle the, the phones and incoming emails uh, for the organization, and then we moved to uh, maintenance. Uh, so we have somebody who handles our after hours, our after hour call center, and we're just building that out to spread that across Canada as well. So we have we and the person that has been working with us for over a year in that area will lead that. So she will now become the lead of other uh, global talent that we hire to work in that space. Um, bookkeeping, uh, we have uh, back office support for our offices and we have a VA in that area that does a lot of the data entry, uh, bank recs, um, anything that somebody in that bookkeeping role would do. And uh, then we have one that also does graphic design. So uh, besides the positions where you have to have feet on the ground that you physically have to go to from point A to point B in the community or market that you're working in could essentially be done by somebody else. Yeah. It could be anywhere. So what was the hardest part about getting started for you? Was there um, a the mindset? Okay. The mindset. The mindset. Yeah. Tell us the, the more mindset. About that. The mindset uh, that I had of it is because I had created a culture in my office where we were a very close-knit team, where um, all of a sudden I was worried that pieces were going to be lost, that that conversation wasn't going to be happening as easily. And how do I create this culture now that people aren't around me all the time mm -hmm. and that or around the team all the time? Do tell. And this is what we want to know. <laughs> Right. that everyone wants so that's where that's where COVID changed the mindset so a lot of us had as business owners is that you actually could have culture you just had to work at it differently and bring your remote team members in to what you were trying to formulate so i won't say it's been easy i mean it's definitely been a learning curve for me and some trial and error um but that was probably the the hardest part to get started gwen was just like how do I do this and be effective that I didn't want to have a virtual, uh, a remote team member that was sitting in another country and not feeling like they were part of what we were accomplishing here. So that how did you uh, promote your culture, that that tight knit feel with your remote teammates? What, like, what are some of your secrets? In, well, and I don't know if there are secrets, but I, I learned from others in the space too. Uh, so talk to a lot of people who were doing this and realized that the way we were going to have to do it was very similar how we ke I kept the team together uh, when we were hit with the pandemic and people had to were forced to go home for a period of time. It was that we had a meeting every morning. We had coffee together. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked a little bit about what was going on in the day, if there was any problems that we had to solve. And then also a lot of like, what did you do last night? And trying to get that, that personal connection in there as well and uh, we don't meet every day anymore we just we meet on Mondays to do uh, a huddle and we talk about what the priorities are for the day what happened over the weekend and then um, we recap the week in a longer meeting where we go a little bit more in depth and in there I always make them start every team member talks about a positive professionally and a positive personally and that professional is that we can make sure that if someone had a bad week they could dig deep and find a win because that's important and also that that from a personal level, we start to get to know each other. So it didn't matter where they where they were. My, like I said, my home office team is completely remote. So we, I've had to try to build culture with them um, in a way that keeps them motivated towards the, the company goals. So so the huddles, they're just on Mondays and Friday. Did you say how many days do you do it 
now Mondays, now Monday we do a huddle and then on Friday we have a longer team meeting and that's where we really dig into, um, you know, the monthly goal, the weekly goals, the monthly goals, the quarterly goals are, are rocks for you traction people. Um, and, you, and that's where we talk more about, about uh, what's going on in the organization, if there's anything we have to solve and making sure we're all staying on track. So no matter who you are in the company, you have goals and targets mm -hmm. that roll up to our company goals and targets. We want every Everyone, no matter where you live to be part of what that looks like um, and I think that's really important for anyone who hasn't made the leap into remote team members is that you treat them like any other team member they are a human ask. being they want to be part of something um, they go home and talk about their work to their family just like any one of us um, and we have to recognize that they are no different even though they're residing somewhere else and might talk a little bit different than us sometimes. yeah so for you like at some point you had identified that that was true and i know that we've spent a lot of time trying to tell our clients that they're they're not especially in the past but that these people that you're hiring they're not widgets they're not just chess pieces that you can move around they're sentient humans that you have to treat <laughs> like sounds so dumb it sounds like a dumb conversation but you have to have that conversation because because we I were do, socialized to think differently maybe. yeah i yeah we have a um you know we all we all kind of feel a part of our own group right like americans versus the you know mexicans and of course here in the united states we have somewhat of a negative connotation of Mexicans to some extent that's permeated our culture. So that leaked into what we do, obviously. Yeah. But so at one point, well, well, I could tell you some stories, but I, I guess I'm more curious about at what point did you kind of get past maybe any sort of, you know, your innate um, proclivity to treat them differently and, and identify, well, no way. So we just got to move forward with this. Uh, oh, did, did you ever have that? Uh, not so much treat them differently. I think I probably treated them more fragile uh, in the beginning is that, mm. um, you know, just like, what did they know about property management? What did they know about Canada? And some of them don't know a lot. Like, right. so there, there's a learning, but I mean, people who come into my organization who live in in my city don't know necessarily know anything about property management. It was the cultural piece that I think was uh, something I I wasn't quite prepared for maybe um, and that was more it was more like okay now we know we don't know much about you but you don't know much about us either so let's make this like how do we make this so that we can actually learn together and so I remember the first VA that we had like she would be sending us pictures outside her window and um, you know she lived close to the ocean so we're like oh so one of our staff members is like I'm coming to visit you and we, st we just started doing a lot of work in the chat so mm -hmm. we use um, Google chat in my office we use Microsoft Teams on my home office side and the chat that goes on and the gifts and the emojis all of that helped bring the team i think closer together and start to get over maybe that hurdle of the the cultural part of starting to get to know each other what? um so uh, one other like uh on the maintenance side just something that we did we would bring some of our employees up from mexico into nebraska for the winter because turns out the winters in nebraska are a little bit different than the ones in cancun I don't know if any listeners were out there that really? weren't aware of that. Yeah, it turns out. So we bring them here during the winter and we'd have them dri uh, drive around with our maintenance staff so they could see what uh, a frozen pipe looks like or to see what 
uh, a damned roof looks like, you know, so they can really get some exposure to those real-time uh, differences. Um, you know, a pitched roof. Go ahead. Well, sorry. I just wanted to ask, so in terms of the work, so you're, this conversation kind of started with talking about the different projects. You said everybody on your team, regardless of where they live, is doing a big project. So what are some examples of the projects that you have them undertaking each quarter? Okay, so with the well, the maintenance coordination, um, uh, the maintenance call center. So she's responsible for building out that our our FAQ, so that when uh, tenants are coming in, we're going to be able to give them information and and try to, um, if we don't need to hire a vendor or have a dispatch out to a property, then we're going to be able to heat that. So she's responsible for like formulating what are all those questions that are coming in. So that's the project that she's currently uh, working on. Our graphic designer it changes every month because we have a theme of what we're doing on uh, a campaign or whatever that we're working on, and then they have to come up with the graphics that match whatever information that we've given them towards the towards the campaign like what's and this then, month's campaign i'm just curious what are you guys working on now uh we're working in canada we um we have a new website that we've just launched a national website where we now have connected all of our rental listings uh, for all of our different offices together um, so you go on our site, then you can branch out to any of our other sites and you can see the rental listings for all of across Canada on whichever site you're on, uh, which is new to us. Um, I don't think they have the rental listings in the U.S. site now that I'm thinking about it it'll be new to anyone who's in the RPM space that's listening. And so his job is to create the graphic design pieces that we're going to utilize to push out onto our socials to be able to launch that campaign across Canada. Oh, cool. And yeah, and he's worked with our brand for a while, so he understands, you know, what property management is. He understands uh, the look and feel that we're trying to to give Canada. Uh, so, yeah, he'll come up with something spectacular, I'm sure. Awesome. And then, like, what would be a, an example of a rock that you would have for, like, your bookkeeping accounting person? A lot of those would be uh, deadline targets. So um, those would be ones, you know, making sure that owner statements out are, are out on a certain date. They have to have a monthly meeting uh, with the the lead on the back office team to make sure that that office is being supported um, and um, bank recs done in a certain time. So those would be more deadline orientated to make sure that we're giving that client experience. So you find that motivating the remote professionals is easier when you have these big projects because they get like pride out of, you know, taking ownership of these big projects. And I mean, just having giving them the, the responsibility helps motivate them in a general way. Yeah, well, I think everyone has that it's a natural need to be needed right yeah. so where where do they where are they needed where is their role in the bigger picture and i think that's that's like i said any employee whether they're remote or not is gonna is gonna need that they need to know like how am i connected to the bigger picture here i think jeremy you said they're not widgets we don't want anyone to feel like a widget um i'm re really big about that it's like here's the goals for the company how are we going to achieve them where do you need more support to do that? What can we do in order to bring you up to that level? What are your long-term goals? Like those are the same conversations that we should have with any employee within our system. And the 
being having access to employees now globally is a huge advantage to us. We're not now stuck in our own marketplaces. Yeah, it's opened up so many opportunities. You can have really you can have access to really talented people anywhere in the world. I, you know, sometimes in these political arenas in, in Omaha, like someone will uh, kind of pick at me and say, oh, you're giving American jobs away. And I'm like, no, you know what we're doing? We're making yeah, American companies much. more profitable. And that's not a sin. This is just how this globalized uh, world works. And at the end of the day, there's it's it's a net gain. I love how Canadians yeah. are seem to be so inclusive. Uh, I think you're so inclusive. We have a Mexican employee that works up in Ottawa for a company in the United States. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we pay him down in Mexico, I think because he doesn't have papers to work up there and his partner yeah. does, but. But you know, I, I've heard that comment as well is that we have good employees here that we should hire and they're welcome to apply as well. But in our business line of property management, we also have a lot of our entry level positions and I have found that we're able to fill them better globally than we are locally and then we can help move though that global talent from an entry-level position higher because right. just like us they want they want to see themselves progress and grow so an employer should recognize that and help that right absolutely so just going back to the motivating the uh the remote professionals so you give them big projects and are you still on uh chat with them on a regular basis with the gifts and things like that has that just kept the team close is that still a thing yeah. for you all definitely um you know the 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 gal who we have that's um doing the after hours every single day when she starts her day it's usually when the rest of the staff that are here are leaving because mm -hmm. she's coming in after hours so there is like hello everybody every time she comes in and then whoever is still around in the chat is always commenting back um, i think it's just really important to keep that conversation going between them at as much as possible um, i encourage it with my own staff as well although some days maybe gets a little bit carried out of hand uh too many gifts but um, i'm not in there <laughs> as much as what the staff is but it would be the same if they were in the in the office and walking by yeah. each other's office all the time or having a conversation we want to keep that same time type of feel at least that's important to me other employers they may just want people to work very siloed and there's nothing I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that that's just not the feel that I want for my company well and I do think people do need that connection I'm a hard driver individual but I do uh, like I'm managing the marketing team right now just because that's a big initiative for our, for us and I do just make myself and I enjoy it as well but take 10 minutes at the beginning of the meeting to connect because that's really the only interaction they're going to have that's in person because marketing is such a solo, you know, solo work. It's not like yeah. you're on the calls yeah. or on a bunch of meetings. And so I think that that personal connection and that 10 minutes is worth the investment because when they feel connected to the company, they want to stay, they feel like it's personal. And so mm -hmm. sometimes if you're a driver or person, it it seems hard, but I, I think it's worth the investment. It, it totally, and I, and I, I think I'm probably a lot like you in that way. It's like we have things we have to accomplish, so it's not that I want them just to sit and talk to each other, but it's important that they have that tight that 
feeling that they matter. Yeah. And you can only get that across if it is, if you have those types of conversations and then here's your job. So you know what you have to produce everybody global or not. Uh, so now figure out how you're fitting that in, right. To get the work done. Yeah. You're not trying to parse out what it is to be human, put that outside of the, your workspace. It's, it's all involved. I mean, you're a human, you're an employee, you're busy, you're, you're, you know, we've got all these things that are uh, applying pressure to us, just f f accept the fact that we're all human. And at the end of the day, you know what's super cool about it? And we've had this experience. Some of them end up being your friends. Yes. We have a lot of friends down in Mexico right now. And yeah. it's the, it's just, it makes our lives better because we see different cultures. My wife, my wife, my, my daughter, our wife, our, our daughter went down to, uh, <laughs> to Mexico with me, oh, I don't know, a month and a half ago or so. And she got to go around our offices and meet some of the employees and she's practicing her Spanish and it's just making our lives better. So well, I think when Gwen and I met, you were heading down for a Christmas party. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mexico, Those right? are so much yeah. fun. She's still hungover. <laughs> she doesn't drink. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing I just want to talk about is that building the trust um, so when you create that relationship that's personal, then when something bad happens, right? Like you need to give someone feedback. You have this goodwill built up where they trust you. They know you're a good person. And I feel like the feedback lands better. And so that's where the personal relationship is actually more efficient to the long-term gains. Would you agree with that? It 100%, 100%. Um, and the same thing, if something is going wrong, you need to discuss it with them just like you would uh, with any other employee. And I think the other thing that I would, um, I guess I would suggest as employers we need to look at is the flexibility. And I think we've become more flexible just be, because of the remote workers across Canada and the US companies are a lot more familiar with that, but not getting so hung up on that they have to work um, these set hours, yeah. if the job doesn't need it, like there's mm -hmm. some jobs that you that Call centers. require it, but like the gal who does our bookkeeping, she knows she has to be available certain hours or be checking her email a couple times a day. But I don't really, it doesn't matter to us if she's working at 10 o'clock at night because she took a few hours because she's got a, you know, a small child. Yeah. It doesn't matter. She's still getting the work done. And so we have to wrap our heads around that where we're, we're so used to people like walking into an office at the beginning of the day and walking out at the end of the day. And they may not work the best and we have to be flexible to that, I think. And then just like you already talked about, those open lines of communication will help you get over that. But yeah, it, and I know that we have to get going here, but there's one little story that, that that reminded me of when I was growing up. Like the idea that the discipline of somebody being at work at a certain time is a little bit antiquated. I was in high school and um, it was my senior year. It was, the, it was the last semester and I decided I was gonna learn Spanish. And, and by the end of that semester, I had learned Spanish. I was speaking uh, Spanish pretty fluently and I got a C in the class because I never did the homework and I, you know, I did my own homework I, and I got straight A's and all the tests and I asked the teacher about it. She says, yeah, but you didn't do your homework. And I was like, yeah, but I learned the language during a semester <laughs> and you gave me a C, which would ruin my chances in any good college. If I were at all, if there were any chance I was going to go to a good college, it would have been ruined. But my point with that is that, um, it's, it's not necessarily that, you know, being somewhere at a certain time is what brings value to your company or to yourself in that instance. It's what you're doing when you're, you know, to make yourself or the company work for better. Yeah. 
for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah. Carla, I want to give you a chance because um, I want to hear more about uh, real property management in Canada. So tell us why people, if they're looking at starting a property management company uh, or if they have one and they're looking for a franchise, why they should pick RPM Canada. Okay, well, Real Property Management Canada, I think, like I said, we've, we've really taken what we have learned from the years of experience from our big brother or big sister down in the US, Real Property Management, and we have brought that in and Canadianized it. So I think where we really shine is we're really we're really professionalizing the industry in Canada. A lot of systems and processes, workflows, automation in order for property managers to really grow their business and scale it so that they're profitable really early on in the process and they are able to grow it. We see a lot of property managers who only want to do X amount of units because it's going to be too much work if they add more units. So it's like, how do we get them over that so they can understand they can continue to scale and build a very, very profitable business there. And then I always talk about the power of the network or the community uh, within the RPM system. And that's where I think we really do shine. We have a very collaborative uh, community of offices that are willing to help each other. So no one is ever feeling like them, like they're on their own. It's that old franchise saying, you know, you're in in business for yourself, but never by yourself. Uh, We've all heard it a million times, but that is how I want everyone to feel uh, when they come into the system. So, and we can help you figure out the whole global talent piece. Um, I would definitely, you know, and you guys didn't ask for a plug when, when we decided we were going to do this together, but I think it's really important that if you are going to go out and hire uh, virtual assistants or global talent, remote team members, call them what you will, um, that you do engage in a company that has the expertise to point you in the right direction so that you know what you're getting. If I do know, uh, and we have offices that have gone and just hired on their own and they have not been happy. They, and they've been happy. They didn't, they did not do it right. There's a vetting process that goes along, uh, with this whole thing that is a little bit different than vetting employees that you might be hiring in your own neighborhood. Uh, so I would definitely encourage people to look at your company, making sure that, they're setting themselves up for success right from the beginning. Because if you have high churn, it's very expensive. Oh, so very you expensive. can prevent all of that by just having a partner who's been doing it for a while. Hey, that's us. <laughs> That's, that's right. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's very, you know, no, it's not just expensive. It's very hard on your team. Yeah. Um, when you're bringing awesome. in new team members, because uh, you, know, you guys are probably the same as me, you're relying on other team members to help train team members. And if you're having to do that over and over and over again, it is exhausting for them as well. Um, so if you want a strong team, you need to hire slow, right? Hire Isn't that how the saying goes? Fire right? fast. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carla. This was a lovely conversation. I'm so glad yeah, that we could have you, you so on the Bootstrapper Show. Me. Yes. Yeah. Looking. We'll see you at some conventions soon. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Are you guys going to be at the NARPM Broker Owner Conference? Jeremy is. Am I? Yes. Where is it? Okay. California. I think so. Yeah. Are you going to the California one? Is that the? Yes. Yeah. In Carlsbad. Yeah. Yes. Jeremy that's it. That's it. There. So yeah. I'll see you there. Say hello to each other. Okay. Awesome. Good. Look forward to it. Well, Thanks. great. Thank you, Carla.